I want to just dive into what God has for us this morning and see how far we can get today. Uh, as you remember, my wife mentioned next Sunday we have the Gibbs family. It's going to be a great day in the house of the Lord as we just kind of shift things a little bit different. Uh, we're, going have, we're going to have a great music, great fellowship. And then the following Sunday, we're going to have our Super Bowl lunch or Super Lunch uh, for that. You know, as many of you were not praying for the Cowboys, so we will not be having steak. Instead, we're going to have hot dogs. Because um, I was hoping if the Cowboys made it to the playoffs, um, uh, we're going to somehow figure out how to do some T-bone steaks for lunch, but it ain't happened. So uh, you guys didn't pray hard enough for my beloved Cowboys. But there's always next year. It's always next year. Our next, next year's our year. Spirit of jealousy. Oh my. All right, let's dive into the Word of God this morning. That's what we're here for, and uh, allow the Spirit of God to challenge us and to speak to us. I talked to you, starting, I started last Sunday talking about a story in the Bible that has so much implication that touches through many books of the Scriptures. This particular text is found in, in many books of the Bible. This story does, and I'm going to just give me a few moments just to recap a little bit. Uh, we're going to Ezra, part of the story, Nehemiah part of the story, and Hagar for part of the story, and Zechariah to pick up the rest of the story. Because it's one story, and it's being told by Ezra, and it's being told by Nehemiah, and then tell you that the prophets, Hagar and Zechariah, they both entered the picture. But you have to go to their books to find what they're saying when they entered the picture. All they tell you is that they show up, and there's something that changes the atmosphere, and this particular story is a story of three things that have to take, they have to build. First of all, they, they had to build the temple. And then they had to build the wall. And then they had to build the city. And they had to be in that order. They, they actually felt that if they don't build the temple first, they wouldn't get the rest built. That is important, building the temple. First of all, even without protection, even without the walls, they set out to build the temple. Secondly, they dedicated the, they, they, they decided to build the wall to protect themselves, and finally they wanted to build the city. So those were important to them. So first, if we're going to go any further in anything, we have to build the temple, the place of worship, the place where we meet God. And then we'll build the wall, and then we'll build the city. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that when you, you need to understand that the old city of Jerusalem laying in ruins, the, its walls had been destroyed, it, it, it has been, buildings had been destroyed, nothing but a heap of rubble, that's what it was. It was destroyed. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that when Ezra got there, even his horses could not get, get, get through. He had to go around many places because his horses could not even get through the city on the street. There was so much rubble in the street, on the street. You have to understand it was in ruins. The city was destroyed. It was totally destroyed. And God's plan was to rebuild the ruins. And I shared with you last week that anytime the devil gets in the arrangements, there's always ruins. Every time the devil gets involved and trying to rearrange or rearrange your life, you know it's not going to end up pretty. It's going it's to end up in ruin. And any time that God decides to bless you through his Holy Spirit, Satan will do everything that he can to keep you from entering 
into the prophetic season of your life. He will do whatever he can that will not allow you to fulfill the purpose, the destiny, the vision that God has for you. He will do whatever he can to stop you from fulfilling that. Every time that God wants to increase your life, every time that God wants to multiply your life, every time that God wants to give you an opportunity to expand your life, the devil always tries to get in there and stop what God has for you and for you to discover your full potential and your purpose in your life. That's what he specializes in. He wants to do that, so he, he, he works hard to destroy that. So that season that has been prophesied over your life. Every trick will come against you to keep you from that place. So this morning, in recapping, I'm going to speak to you, who, those who are in pursuit of victory, who are in pursuit of victory, who are in pursuit of something great in their life. Because there's people here this morning that you want the victory for your life, you want the victory for your marriage. You want the victory for your home. But I tell you what, you, are, you have been beat down. You have been wore out. And the devil works hard to keep you from accomplishing that. And you know who you are. You are on the edge of a breakthrough that is going to be great victory of your life. But you're tired of the journey. How many know that sometimes you can wear out? You can be working hard. You can be pushing hard. You, you, you can be going forward, and, and the devil does whatever he can to wear you out and to bring you down and to discourage you. That's what the devil tries to do. So I want to speak to you on this moment, and, and, the, and, the, and the title is Exhausted but Still in Pursuit. You know what? You can be tired but still going forward. You can be tired and still be winning. You, you can be wore out and still be winning. You can be ready to drop out but still can be winning. You know what? It might not look pretty. It might not look the way you expect it to look like. But all I know that I'm going to get this victory for my home. I'm going to get this victory for my children. I'm going to get this victory for my marriage. I'm going to get this victory for my, my business, whatever that might be. I, I'm tired. I'm wore out. But I'm still in pursuit. So we're going to talk about it today. And, and the Bible tells us in Judges chapter 8. I'm going to move quickly because I need to get where I left off. In the book of Judges chapter 8 verse 4 tells us when Gideon came to the Jordan, he and his 300 men who were with him crossed over exhausted but still in pursuit. You can come to a place in your life. You can come to an environment in your, in, your, in your life that you're tired, but you know that I got to keep on going. I got to keep pushing. Listen, pursuit of their enemies. Listen, even though they were tired and hungry, they had every intention to win. Let's look at our lesson this morning. In the book of Daniel, we were told that the spirit of the inner Christ has sent, his, sent to this world to wear out the saints. To wear out the saints. The Antichrist have, have, have not come into power yet. But, but when, when the Antichrist comes into power, his role is that that place is to destroy anything that looks like God. The church already has been raptured. So when the rapture takes place, the Antichrist will rise up and he will do whatever he can 
to destroy anything that, that looks like God. But here the Antichrist will pursue the Jews. He will pursue anything that has to do with the Bible. He will pursue anything that has to do with God in order to set himself up as God. That's his goal. And the Bible tells us that in the book of Daniel, he, he will try to wear out the saints by changing times and laws. That's what's happening. He, he will try to wear you down. That, that you get so consumed with what's around you, you get so focused on what's happening around you, that you get, you get, you get wore out and, and you lose focus on what you are supposed to do in the first place. You get distracted. You, you, you lose focus. You know what? You know, church was important at one time, but now I'm so distracted by so many options and so many stuff around me that is distracting my focus. That's what's happening today. And that's what's happening also here in the scripture. He wants you that when you're supposed to be in a productive season, that you are so wore out that you don't even cross over. That you are productive in your life. God wants to use you in your life. But you are so wore out that you're missing the whole purpose of what God has in store for your life. You can be so tired from a battle that you could be standing on the edge of a victory. And all you have to do is to make one more step. But you're too tired to take a step. It happens all the time. People can almost can see their breakthrough. They can see their victory, but because they're so wore out, they're missing it. And I love the story of the children of Israel and the war of Jericho. Because after 40 years wandering in the wilderness and, and, and burying 88 people every day for 40 years, these children grew up in the desert, never seeing the city, never understanding what life is like. They were desert babies, and they have grown up. This generation that Joshua worked with and, and, and their forefathers they all have died. They all died. Everybody from the age of 20 down were the only ones who got to live. They have, they have never seen Egypt. They have never seen things that they have dealt with for so long. Most couldn't remember that they were, they were very small babies. Many of them were born in the desert. You got to understand this story here. When they came out of Egypt from slavery, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and, and a lot of those older generations have died. They have passed away. So all they were left is the little babies who grew up, you know, in the desert. So they have never seen the city. They have never seen a, a, a battle. They have never seen war, a war. So they were all always desert babies. But when Joshua showed up after dragging his army through the desert, after dragging the saints through the dry places, after almost starving to death, after almost being beat up by the Amalekites, after being pursued by the many enemies in the desert, Joshua shows up. And the first, in the first battle with this is the wall of Jericho. And he stands there saying, Lord, we don't know what, how to fight as an army, as all of the army have died. And all I have is this group of young people who are ready to go into the promised land. This old man by the name of Caleb, listen to me, by the men, by the men of Caleb who, who had faith enough to say, give me this mountain. Listen, I don't know a whole lot of things. 
and, and I don't know about war, and I don't know about fighting, and I might be old, but oh, I know that I, God give me this mountain. Lord, I'm going to claim victory in the name of the Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to see my breakthrough. But all I know that I'm trusting on the Lord. And all I'm going to say is, God, give me my home. God, give me my spouse. Lord, give me my children. I'm preaching to the wrong church this morning. It's a perfect church. They have no problems. But all oh, this old man, and, and he said, I'll, I, all I have, Joshua says, all I have is this old man and a bunch of young people who don't even know how to fight. They, they are not trained. They don't know how to pick up a weapon. And God says, hey, I know you've been through a rough time. I know it has been mighty hard. But after all you've been through, do you think you can show up with a shout? Listen, I'll take care of the rest. You might not have a whole much of an army. You might not have much of, of weapons. But all oh, I'm asking, do you have a shout still left inside of you? Listen, I've been through a whole lot. But I can still open up my mouth and say, God, you have the victory. <clears throat> all I have is a shout left in my life. Can somebody give a shout this morning? Can somebody give a shout this morning? Well, I tell you what, the way you're shouting that no walls are going to, barely going to come down. I tell you what, those who have been through hell on earth know how to shout. Those who have been through hell on earth know how to shout. Because they know what the world looks like and how the world was kicking me around. But now I can shout a victory to my Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. Woo! I tell you what, when, you, when you've been in church long enough, you get all dignified. You don't want to shout no more because what are they going to think of me? But I tell you, but when you, when you meet a new sinner and give his heart to Jesus, oh, they know I'm going to shout a victory. And that's what we need to do, church. We need to shout. I can bring those walls down if you walk and shout. If you can walk and shout. How many of you have done that before? You don't know what to do, but oh, you know that you, I'm going to walk around this situation in my life. You know what? I don't know what I'm going through and why am I going through what I'm going through in my life. But oh, I know that I'm going to walk and worship at the same time. I'm going to walk and pray at the same time. I'm going to be pacing back and forth. But while I'm walking back and forth, I'm praying, God, Lord, you can see the victory, God. Lord, I know that you're greater than anything, God. For greater is he that is in me than he who's in the world. Sometimes all you got to do is take a walk and shout a little bit. Woo! My Lord, I'm preaching for, to myself this morning. I know you have been through a rough season. I know you have been through a, a long night. I know that you have been through so many battles, but you can show up with one more shout as you stand on the edge of the victory. See, the, the Antichrist spirit wants to wear the saint out, and I have no clue where I left off last week. I'm just going to preach it. In order to keep them from achieving what God wants them to do, that's what they want to do, wear you out. Wear you down that church is not important. Wear you down that going to church means it's just another Sunday. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. Going, going to church is just not another Sunday. It's the day of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will worship the Lord in the tabernacle. I will worship the Lord in his house. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's not just another church service. See, that's, that's what's wrong with this. In the book of Ezra, the story, in the story, building of the temple, first of all, in this story, the building of the temple had halted for 10 to 15 years. There was nothing happening. Nothing was being built. It was, it, it, the temple was destroyed, but nothing was taking place. That's a long time to wait. And you know, some of you have been in a battle where you have waited for 15 years and for a victory. You have been fighting battles for 15 years so for somebody to be healed. 15 years for somebody to come back to the Lord. 15 years to get a breakthrough. 15 years waiting on the anointing to float like God promised that it will float. And in the book of Ezra, we find, it says, And the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Sarah, the king of Persia, even into the reign of Darren, king of Persia. I want you to understand what's going on here. All they wanted to do is to build their temple. But for 15 years, because of this enemy, now it's not, it's, it's not listed in this particular scripture, but in just a moment we will identify who these people are. And we're who are attacking them. But for 15 years, the church is halted. For 15 years, the church is silent. For 15 years, the temple lays in ruin and rubbles. Can you imagine the discouraging hearts of the people walking by and knowing that there, there is more potential than, than this? And I know worshiping can be in this place. They're walking by and seeing the temple in ruins and they wonder to themselves, man, there's so much going on. There's so much potential there. Man, we, we could be worshiping in that temple. And you can hear stories like, I remember when the glory of God was in this place. I remember when my grandma used to worship in this place. I remember when the, the move or the power of the Holy Spirit will get a hold of people and, and, and God will change their life. I, I remember you can hear it in their stories. What a heartache to walk in a temple that used to be emblazed with the fire of the Holy Spirit and only to see the ash, ashes of what used to be. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen in this church. I, I, I don't want when people say, well, it used to be a great church. It used to be where the power of God used to be. No, no. I want it to be known that the power of God is in this place. That the, that the message, the gospel is being preached. 
But according to the king, they could not pick up one stone and stack on another. Every day frustrated because here is the building material. It's laying all around us. The, work are, the workers are ready to work. But year one goes by kicking the stones. Year two, I'm mad. Year three, I, I'm getting frustrated now. Year four, I'm really ready to give up, but, but I'm hanging in there. But year fifth, I, I'm just aggravated. But year six, I, I don't know if I can make it through year six, but I made it through year seven. And I get to year eight and ninth, and I'm still walking by the same stones. Every day, because an enemy have come in and invaded the progress and stopped the progress by using these counselors. This is what Ezra group was against, the group of people. How, do you know that there's people that will come against you all the time? There are people who conspire to work against you, and, and, and sometimes are people who call themselves your friends who will try to come against you, what God is doing in your life. Oh, you don't like this kind of preaching, but I'm going to preach it anyway. You know what? There are people who will, stop to, will try to stop you from accomplishing the vision and the purpose that God has in your life. That is the reason sometimes you can't share everything with everybody. Sometimes you can't tell everybody everything what God has, is doing in your life. Because instead of pushing you forward, they want to stop you from accomplishing. Because if they're not the ones getting blessed, nobody's getting blessed. Oh, my Lord, it's getting quiet in here. But let me show you something else. Nehemiah, and I'm almost, I'm almost, I am almost at where I left off. Come on, somebody. Almost there. Nehemiah came after him. Nehemiah's job was to build the walls. Ezra's job was to build the temple. And these same enemy are trying to stop their progress. But what do they look like? Well, listen. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 9, I mean chapter 2 verse 19 says, so they, so they say, let us rise up and build. And they set their hands on to this good work. But when Sambala, the Hernite, the Ta and Tabai, the Ammonite, the official, and Geshem, the Arab heard of it. They laugh at us and despise us and say, what is this thing that they are doing? Will you rebel, rebel against the king? You see, these are the three enemies that will stop your pro their, their progress. When they hurt, they laugh at us and they despise us. What is this thing that you are doing? Now, check this out. That Sembalas, I want you to hear what he said. These three enemies that stopped the progress. What is so significant of Sembala and Tobiah and Geshem? First, let's look what Sembala had to say. It said, but so happened when Sembala heard that, that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and, and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Would they fortify themselves? Would they offer sacrifice? Would they complete it in one day? Would they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Now listen 
to his language. The one thing you need to understand about God, God pays attention to everything you say. I said this last week. You, you got you to be very careful what comes out of your mouth. The power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Regardless of how you act. You can act all dignified and, and have long sleeve and long dress and long hair and make, and, you know, but you might have a long tongue. Be careful what you say. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. What you say is making more of a difference than you, even the way you act. The power of the tongue. The words that come out of your mouth are the sword of life or the sword of death. They can pierce the soul or lift up the spirit. What does your words come out of your mouth or saying? When, when he spoke these words, listen to me, God identified him. First of all, he is throwing a fit. He is having a tantrum because he is mad. Second, he is acting like a child. He's, he's, he's standing there mocking them, making fun of them in a childish matter. The next thing is he's doing is gossiping. He's talking to the brethren about him. Think about gossiping. He, he starts doing all this stuff, talking about them, and, 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 and causing division and causing problems. The next he's doing is giving idle threats. He, he's talking to the, to the army, trying to stir up something on the army. The next thing he's doing, he's calling them names to try to make them look little in their own sight. He is calling them feeble. He's call, these feeble Jews know what they are doing. These feeble Jews would, would, would ever be able to build this. What the spirit of Sembala looks like, it is a spirit of intimidation. That, that, what, that wants to come against your dream. That, that wants to come against your vision. That, that wants to come your, against your progress. Do you realize that? That all the devil has to do is intimidate you. He tries to intimidate you that, that you don't accomplish your dream. You don't accomplish your vision. That you will stop the, the, the progress. And Sembala represents the spirit of intimidation. He comes against your mind. He wants you to, to say things that, that, that you don't believe it. That, that you come out of your mouth and... And, and, and whatever comes out of your mouth, you, now you claim it, now you own it. When God sends Ezekiel to the house of Israel, in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 5 and 7, says, He said, they are stubborn. They are going to be like thorns in your eyes, and they're going to be like scorpions around you. But whatever you do, don't be like them. Listen, you got to be careful because what happened, if, if you hang around negative people, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start talking negative too. It's going to corrupt your thinking. It's going to corrupt your heart. It's going to corrupt your life. If you hang around the wrong crowd, it's going to lead you in the wrong direction. It's going to infiltrate your life. Listen, that's what he's trying to warn them. He said, don't be like them. Guard your heart. Guard yourself. Listen to me, church. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm telling you this morning. Don't allow the spirit of intimidation. Don't allow the devil to talk you out of what God has in store for your life. 
I know you've been through hell on earth. And I know you've been through a bunch of stuff. But you hang in there and say, God, you are with me. You are on my side. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to accomplish it. Stop talking negative. Because he knows that the very moment you confess it, you own it. You own it. He knows that every minute that, that, that he gets you to say it, what he's saying about you, there are times that you need to have a talk with yourself and say, stop talking that way. Because you know what? When the spirit of intimidation comes upon you, upon our lives, we... We feel like we're not qualified enough. We don't feel like we're smart enough. We don't feel like we're gifted enough. We don't feel like I can be used by God. And what happened, the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of Sambala comes into our minds and our spirit. And before you know it, you drop out of church. You drop from God. You know what? You don't want to hang around anybody anymore. They have to do with God. Because now you, you know, you're blending everything and everybody when really it was the spirit of intimidation that was trying to stop you from fulfilling the vision and the purpose of your life. He works hard. Second, he wants you to see yourself as small and helpless. And I'm moving quick. This feeble Jews, as long as you see yourself small, you will think small. As long as you see yourself little, you will be, you do little. As long as you see yourself incapable, you will always be incapable. See, you start talking to yourself. You, you, you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes when nobody's encouraged you, you need to encourage yourself. Sometimes there's not always going to be somebody around you to tell you what a good job you're doing. Somebody's not always going to pat you in the back and say, oh, you're doing a great job. No, sometimes you just got to talk to yourself and say, listen, I'm doing a great job. I'm doing a great job all by myself. You know what? Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Just don't answer yourself and then you now you're crazy. <laughs> but sometimes you do have to talk to yourself. You got to encourage yourself. As long as you see yourself... Small, you'll be small. He wants you to see yourself small and helpless. And not only that, that he wants you to give up on your dream. He wants you to give up on your dream. When you start believing on yourself, there are two people who will never stop believing. You start believing on that's on God and yourself. Because when you start believing in yourself, you become you useless, useless in the kingdom of God. Because you feel like always apologizing for your gift. Listen to me, I'm talking to somebody. Because you feel like you always have to apologize for your gift. You're always apologizing. You know that your gift will make room for you? Your, your gift will make room for you. It's supposed to do that. It's supposed to bring you before people. It's supposed to bring you before, before kings. That is, that's part of, what, of, what, of you that looks like God. God wants to use you. You have a talent. You have a gift. But the devil has intimidated you so long that you don't feel qualified. You don't feel like God can use you. And what happens, you degrade yourself from allowing God to use you to your full potential because you believe that you cannot qualify to do it. 
And, and that's what, what he wants you to do. He wants you to think small and apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what? When God says, no, use your gift for the kingdom of God. Some of you are so gifted. Some of you have so much talent and leadership and creativity. But you know what? We use it more for the, king, for the world than we use for the kingdom of God. We give the world our best talent. We give the world our best creativity. We give the world our best ability. But when it comes to the house of the God, we hold back and reserve because the devil has you intimidated from becoming a great church, from becoming a great ministry. You know, talented with gifts and abilities. And the church is suffering. And the church is stumbling through life because we, we have a group of people who feel like, well, you know what, I, that, that's not for me. You know, church is, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know I'm super smart in the world, but not, that's not for the church. You know what? And does exactly what the devil wants to do. Oh, I know I'm preaching now. Because that's exactly what happens to the church. The church is stumbling through life and struggling through life. And, you know, church is barely surviving by the business world, the corporate world. You're giving the, the rest to everybody else. And, you know, while they're prospering and becoming great. But the local church is suffering because people start to believe and be intimidated by the spirit of Sambala. You know I'm preaching the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. You know what, and that's what it looks like, what it wants us to do. Sometimes you have to deal with, 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 even with bullies in your life. Most of the time, it's more, more mouth than muscles. People like to talk. A lot of people like, you know what, people who like to just bully you around. That's what Simbala was doing. He was bullying them around and, and trying to intimidate you. A, a, a lot of mouth, but no muscles. You, you, you can have a, a, a skinny kid. Knock down, a, knock down and, and, and never be bothered again by somebody else. If you know, you know, have you ever seen those? Just, don't pick on the silent kids. They will knock you down. That's what it does. Because, you know, a bull intimidates you with his words until, until he faces someone who is, who, is, who is packing or bigger than them. The next thing is he does, he gets mad a, a lot. Always shows that, always shows a fit of rage. He always shows up at the fit of anger. He's, he's easily set off. Have you known people like that? that they, they get mad about anything. You don't even know why they're mad. Why, why, what's your problem? Have you known anybody? I'm, talking about your, I'm, not, I'm not talking about your husband. <laughs> Look at me up here. I'm talking about people who just matter about everything. You wonder, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with them? You know what I'm talking about? They, they, they're all, because if they don't get their way, they get mad. It's almost lunchtime. Do you want me to stop or keep going? All right, a few more minutes, a few more minutes, because I, I, this is getting too hot in here. See, the next thing he likes to do is stir up gossip on you, on other people. He wants to tell other people how bad you are. He wants to stir up things. He wants, to, he wants you to think that he has an army, and mostly they don't, they don't even have an army. You know, another thing that they are, that they are very disrespect, 
and they use intimidation words and criticize on regular basics. The spirit, the spirit operates through people for one reason only, and that's to become because they want to come and silence the voice of boldness. You know, that's what they do. You know, that's what they do. They, they, they're, they're a small pack of people, but they have big megaphones, and, 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 they, and they try to speak for, the, for everybody when it's just a group of 10 people. But, but they try to intimidate everybody else that everybody's thinking that way. Everybody believes, oh, it's, not, it's not so much familiar like our society today. It happened back then, too. It happened back then, too. They, 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 were, they, were, they were, oh, my Lord, can I, can, can I speak how I want to preach? But I tell you, they, they, they try to intimidate you. You know, they, by, by media and so on and that. They're making it look like it's a mega group of people when it's not. And, and that's exactly what they do. They try to bullet you in that area because, because they want you to come silent. The, silent the voice of God through the spirit of intimidation. I've come to tell, I have to, I've come to tell you that you can let the spirit of Simbala have his place in your dream and in your life and in God's kingdom. Stay, float, foot on it. Stay flat foot on and say, I'm not going to allow the enemy to intimidate me. The scripture says that, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. I'd rather live victorious than live like a coward. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to draw the line in the sand and stand up for, and fight for what is right. Man, we, we got to stand for what is right. Pastor Darrell mentioned earlier about the, the spirit of heaviness and what's going on in our society, in, the, in our world, and in, in our country. My Lord, you know what? That's exactly what the devil wants to do. He's trying to intimidate the church and intimidate people and say, you know what? There is no hope. Nothing's going to happen. But you believe and understand that God is more able and capable than what the world has. My Lord, how much time I got left? Let me talk to you real quickly about the spirit of Tobiah. And I don't know if I'll even get to the spirit of Geshem today, but the spirit of Tobiah. Tobiah was an Ammonite official. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3, it, it tells us, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it will break it down, break down their walls of stone. Let me share with you a little back history about what's going on here. Amon was, was an actual son of Lot and his daughter. If you know the story, remember when they took his father to the cave and got him drunk. He was an old man and conceived by him. Two babies were born, Ammon and Moab. This is important. From those two groups, we get the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Ammonites. Remember when all three groups attacked Israel. Remember that story. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which are the Endonites, when all of these three groups run together, they run together on a regular basis. Ammon and Moab 
are cave dwellers. Listen to me. They live in caves outside of the city of Petra. And when they hear people talking about fleeing into the city of Petra, they're actually fulfilling the prophecy of Obadiah. Because Obadiah said two things. He said that the Ammonites will be destroyed from the inside out because no one could get to them. They live inside of a mountain. They live inside of this cave. And no one can break their fortress. They, they had something better than a wall. They had a, a mountain protecting them. And they will come down and raid you in the middle of the night while you were sleeping. And, and, and go back, hide in their caves, and no one could find them. So they were very dangerous enemy. Does this sound so familiar today? But the problem is that they were cowards. They didn't want to face you on a battlefield. They wanted to face you hiding in a cave in the middle of the night. They, they were what we call raiders. And this raider would come in when you were not ready and not looking. The whole purpose of, this, of their existence was to make you afraid of them. This was their purpose. is to bring fear to you. And this is the spirit, the spirit of fear. In 2 Timothy, it tells us in the Bible, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is important. This is where a lot of people live, not only in the spirit of intimidation, but also in the spirit of fear. And listen to me. So don't claim everything else over your life by a sound mind. Claim a sound mind on your life. Quit claiming, quit claiming death over yourself. You have to start saying, I have a sound mind. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 4, that because he, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And our translation says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. Listen, you have to make those confessions on a regular basis about yourself to keep your sound mind. Listen, people will lose their mind today. If you don't keep your mind sharp, if you don't keep yourself in the things of God, in the things of the Lord, and you allow the, the, the world and the, and the world system and the media world to continue to infiltrate your mind, people have gone crazy and they have lost their mind because they have allowed the spirit of fear to come upon them. Thank you, Brother Leon. But you know what happens? The spirit of fear comes upon us. The fear of intimidation comes upon us. And, and, and it does whatever it can to destroy and to take you out. And it brings a spirit that you, you become so afraid and so fearful that actually it paralyzes you. You know I'm talking to somebody. It paralyzes you. You have to make choices and confess it because the spirit of fear wants you to is to, to put you in bondage, to tie you up in invisible ropes of fear. How many of you really had to face those fears? The honest truth, many of those fears 
We never face, there are precise ideas. Man, with fear, the spirit of fear comes upon us. Man, you, you're going to fail. Your marriage is going to fail. Your, your, your business is going to fail. You know, this is not going to work through. And, 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 and you, all, you, all you do is worry about it and think about it, and, and it consumes you day and night for something that never really happens. For something that never really comes through, but the, the spirit of fear comes upon us. Because, because there are, there are form of spirit that has been sent before, before your life to keep you from being strong, to keep us from being bold. Tobiah the Ammonite is, is, is a cave dweller. Tobiah is a raider who wants to come into your life, cause you to be afraid and probably never follow through in any of those threats. That's what it does. It, it, it tries to intimidate you by not going forward. Come on, Pastor Daryl. Somebody come play the keyboard because I feel like I'm losing them already. But, but here it is. It is a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear, somebody is fighting a battle in your life, and, and the reason you are not winning is because you have not stood up against the spirit of intimidation and the spirit of fear that controls your emotions. It will control your emotions. You know, that's why people can never see the breakthrough. That's why people never see their, their miracle come through because they're, 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 even though they're in church and, and even though they love God and, and even they're doing the best they can, that, that, that spirit of intimidation and that spirit of fear holds many people back. Holds them back from fulfilling the, the true potential that they, that they have. And they go from church, they go from Sunday to Sunday in church, from Sunday to Sunday. You know what? I love God and I'm doing the best I can and, and I'm serving the Lord, but never surpass victory. Never surpass victory. At least I'm helping somebody. I might never see you again, but I'm helping somebody. Man, that, that, that spirit it, it operates in the church and operates in the world. No, there is another spirit, and I, ain't, I don't have time for it. But I tell you what, don't allow those spirits. Man, the spirit of Sambala and the spirit of Tobiah and Geshem. Can I, can, I have two, can I have five minutes? Can I have five more minutes? Let me see your hands. Let me see five more minutes. Five more minutes. That's 10, 15, 20, 30, 40. We're good. Don't get nervous. I'm just kidding. But the last spirit I want to talk to you so I can wrap this, this sermon. There's another spirit that enters the picture. It's Geshem. The spirit of an era. Geshem is only mentioned three times in scripture. He is he's identified more by, by his information than his title. He doesn't really say anything, but in one letter he says, I want you to come and have a meeting with me. And the Bible tells us that the only reason he wants to have a meeting, it was so he can accuse the leadership. Listen to me. And the spirit of Geshem was a religious spirit. 
This is not a reference to his nationality, but to his religion. Because understand this, what Arab are mostly are a nomadic group. Means that they don't have a particular place. They, they are wanderers. And let me tell you what happens sometimes in your life. One of the wanderers will wander into your territory. One of those wanderers will wander into your territory. And when they wander into your territory, they come with a spirit of pretense of a holy person. Oh my God. I'm so spiritual. As a matter of fact, they are, they are more spiritual than you. I am more spiritual than this person. I am more spiritual than the church. I am more spiritual than the pastor. And I don't mean people who have a word for the church because people, people have a word for the church. I'm talking about people who come under the covering, un, under the authority that is totally different. It's a different thing. People are, are gifted and, and, and they're spiritual gifted and spiritual leaders, and, but they come under the authority of the pastor. But I'm talking about people who want to be, oh, who want to become more spiritual than what who God put in leadership at that church. You know what? I, I might don't know everything, and I might not be super smarter than you, but all I know is that God put me here. Oh, I know that I'm the man for the hour. That's all I know. You follow me? You follow me? That, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and there are people who are gifted, people who are talented and super spirituals, but they're under the authority of the leadership. They submit to the authority of the leadership. But I'm talking about people. I'm helping somebody. You gotta, we got to watch those people. And you know, and, and you know how... You know where half of those people have gone? They went from the church pew or from the church chair. They went on to TikTok and Instagram. Oh, come on. You don't like this now. Because under social media, they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have to be under the authority of nobody. And they're leading a lot of people astray by their, by their false doctrine and false theology and confusing the brethren and confusing people and people follow this kind of group of people if you don't have a pastor I question your salvation I think everybody I have a pastor even as a pastor I have a pastor who I, I'm accountable to who is my mentor I believe every person who to have a pastor who are accountable to because you, if you don't, you got to be careful. You can't just wander through life and be super spiritual and, and giving prophecies and giving people advice and you don't have no accountability. Who knows what you do in the weekend, but you want to go and, and prophesy and tell people what they're doing wrong? Oh, come on, somebody. People who don't belong to any church, people who, who have no history in any church, they are nomadic wonders. And for years they go into this church and, and they stir up something up. And then they go to a, another church and stir something up. And they go to the other church and they stir up something up. And, and, and when the leadership doesn't so they don't submit to that leadership, and then in that church they, they move to another church. I'm just reading my notes. 
That is the truth. The truth hurts sometimes, but it needs to be told. Because that's what's happening to our churches today, in our generation today, in our society today. We're falling apart within. The church is falling apart, apart within. You gotta know them. That's what you gotta be careful. Oh, I'm, I'm done. Uh, y'all, y'all really looking forward to me, Casa, and stuff like that. So. I'm going to quit. Time's up. They have no history. They have no fruit. You know, we got to be careful. You got to be careful who, who you allow to speak into your life. You can't just allow anybody to speak to your life. You don't know their background. Let us pray. Man, let, I'm wrapping this up. I, I tell you what, I have, I have oof, Lord Jesus. I got to quit. I got to quit. How many know that's the word of God? That's the word of God. Get up on your feet as we close this morning. It's just you have three more minutes before noon, so I'm, I was good. You know what? I, I don't know how to close this morning. Oh, oh, I know that God is on your side. God is on your side. Don't, don't allow the spirit of fear, the spirit of, the spirit of intimidation, and the spirit of nomadic spirits will come and they try you got to be careful you got to guard your heart and guard your your spiritual life people can ruin people by saying things that are out of order I had a lady tell one young a young couple one time she, she was uh, anyway she came and told the just couple said you, did, she told him you, you're gonna have a child by this time next year well, you know what? She, she was speaking out of ignorance because that, that, that lady could not have children. So she gave her false hopes. A year coming, a year coming went by, no child. You know what happened? It destroyed her faith with God. Left the church, never went back to God. You know what? Because people speak out of ignorance. You better be sure God speaks. And that's what I'm talking about. You got to be sure that God is speaking to you. If you're going to share something, you know what? Got to be cautious. Who tells you stuff? Who you allow? Who you allow into your life? Who you allow to your spirit? Anyway, let's, let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you this morning. Those who might be watching online, Father, we pray for them too. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that that spirit, Lord, that will come to intimidate us and to hold us back from going forward. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, Lord, that we have the victory in you. Lord, we have a shout within our voice, God. Lord, we have a shout. We have a breakthrough within ourselves, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will touch us with your power and your Holy Spirit. Help us to overcome what the enemy throws at us, Father. And we give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.